Well, good morning, good morning. We are glad you're here. If you're new with us, we have connection cards in the back of your seats. Please fill that out. If you have not already, you can just drop it in the tithe box on the way back. My name is Stephen. I'm the senior pastor. Again, we're glad you're here. One announcement. My wife is not doing them. I can handle one announcement. If you're a member of our church, you know I don't like announcements. I'm not good at them, but I've been psyching myself up. One announcement. Here we go. I got it. All right. If you put this slide up, if not, I'm going to crumble. <laughs> Growth track starts next Sunday. If you are not a member of this church, if you want to know more about it, if you would like to join, this is the way you do it. It will start next Sunday right after church. We will have child care and lunch provided. So what I need you to do is take the connection card right on there. You're going to attend growth track. And if you need child care, what are the ages? That starts next Sunday. It'll be three straight weeks. Look, parents, come on. Free lunch and free child care. I'm surprised people aren't beating down the doors on that one. If this gets out, we're just going to have people dropping off kids and, and eating and then leaving probably. All right. Well, we are so blessed to have for the first time, they just got back from Dominican, and they, we are their first stop. That's right. I met Chad and Terry Nelson in a very hot July Dominican Republic uh, about five, six years ago now. Six years ago. And I've done missions short-term for years. I was not called to do long-term missions, but we're, we love missions. We always have our hand at some way on the pulse of the world. Please do. Be in the local church. Serve. Love the local church. I'm a pastor. I love the local church, no matter where it is in the world. I fell in love with the local church on the other side of the world. That's where I fell in love with it. And have your hand on the pulse of missions of the world. It's the heartbeat of God. In some way, one way that we do it here is we support missionaries, and we also have them come in. And so we sweated a lot and fell in love with Dominican Republic and started supporting them. They were like rookie um, newbie missionaries, but they have been just finished their five years in Dominican Republic. They're going to talk to you about what God is doing there, about what God does through the local church there and here. Chad and Terry, can you come on up? I told him he came this morning. Yeah, give him a hand. He started out as a youth pastor years ago, and he came in this morning with props, and I was like, yeah, youth pastor. <laughs> years ago. All right, I will hand this off. Thank you, pastor. Dios les bendiga. Oh, oh, somebody knew. Okay, in the Dominican Republic, when you get up in front of a whole bunch of people, especially in the church, you always start off with Dios les bendiga. And the response is, amen. So we're going to try this again. Dios les bendiga. Ah, good job. Um, we actually have a, a short video that we're gonna, we want to show, um, and then we'll be back up to talk. Here with Bernardina and her grandkids in Vialta Gracia, 
It's a wonderful story. Bernardina has lived in this same little community right here for the last 53 years. And uh, when she came here, they were drinking out of a pure river, out of a good water source, and they could drink straight out of the tap. But in about 25 years ago, uh, that started putting the tubes in, bringing piping the water in, started problems in the river itself, and they haven't been able to drink the water ever since. Bringing a filtered bucket here to this family means not just for this one home, but it means the entire family. It means the three sisters, the grandmother, the other cousins, people that live all throughout here, and that for the next 10 years that this filter has life, none of their homes need to buy water again. So this could be a huge, huge blessing to them, for them. They've already tasted the water, they've tried it, and it turned out great. What was that all about? We, um, we are not missionaries that technically work in water. That is, we're not like, we don't dig wells. We don't, like, that's not us. Um, but we do work, um, if you noticed, at the very end of the video, there was this, well, it's two words put together, Child Hope. So we work with a ministry called Child Hope. And what we do is we, we deal mainly with three, three words. It's our, our theme. Uh, for our ministry, and it's compassion, education, and transformation. And if you could go back to the compassion slide. Okay, so the water was part of compassion. How many of you have ever heard the old saying that if you give a man a fish, he can eat for a day, and if you teach a man to fish, he can eat for a lifetime? Compassion is where we're at with we're going to give them a fish. Because if we give them a fish, then they can eat for a day. If we give them water, if we give them food, if we give them a uniform, because every school in the Dominican Republic uses uniforms, if we give them a uniform, if we give them their books, then they're going to be able to eat. They're going to be able to drink. They're going to be able to read, but it's just for a day. So we go farther with education. The next slide. Because the number one way to lift a country out of poverty is through education, which means that if we're giving them, um, if we're teaching them to fish, if we're giving them that education, then we're going to lift them out of their poverty. We're going to give them a hope for a future. We're going to give them a way to provide for their family. But that, teaching them to fish, is where that old saying stops. But there are a lot of people in the world that have their bellies full, they have a good job, and they can put money in the bank, but they don't know Jesus. And so what we do with our ministry with Child Hope is we go one step farther to transformation because what we want at the end of the day is not just that they have enough food to eat. It's not just that they can go home and they can drink all the water they want without having to pay for it because they have a filter in their home. We want them to be able to change not only their family through their education, but we want them to be able to change their family through a relationship with Jesus Christ. We want them to be able to change their community through a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
and these kids and these teenagers in these schools in the Dominican Republic are the ones that are going to change their country. Now, in our, in our situation, in our country, you can go ahead to the next slide, we work with 16 schools, and it's all over the Dominican Republic, from the ones on the Haitian border in extreme, extreme poverty to the ones in the city of Santo Domingo, the capital. So we have everything from, like, super urban poor to super, like, there is nothing there, <laughs> poor. Um, but really the basis of what we want to do is we want to reach those kids. We want to be able to have an opportunity to speak to them about Jesus, to let them hear that somebody loves them, that somebody gave his life for them. And that only through that will that compassion and that education be valuable. That is our ministry there in the Dominican Republic, Child Hope. Um, yes, we work with kids. There are about 6,000 that go through each, that attend the, the 16 schools. We have about 1,000 of them sponsored. So 1,000 of them don't have to worry about if their next month of school is paid for. They know that somebody has seen them and wants to give them the opportunity to get that compassion, that education, and that transformation. In the, in the lobby, there, I, we have a little bitty table, um, and there's a, there are prayer cards for us, because even if you had a prayer card from before, our daughter is now almost 10. So even though we haven't changed a whole lot, she has. Um, I'm sure some of you know, I <laughs> understand that. Um, and there's also some brochures that tell them a little bit more about our ministry and what we do so that you can have a better way to pray for us. Um, we covet your prayers. Those are, those are things that on the mission field we can feel. We know that you pray for us. We know how important that is. And we just ask you to continue on that route. Thank you. All right. One thing we want you to understand this morning is this isn't about, look at what the Nelsons are doing in the Dominican Republic. This is, look what you're doing in the Dominican Republic. You guys have been on this journey with us for four years plus. This is what you guys are doing with God's help in the Dominican Republic. And we're going to celebrate what God is doing and what Foundations Church Dominican Republic campus is doing. How's that sound? because it's the absolute truth, what God is doing. We're excited. Thank you, Pastor Steve and Megan. We believe in you guys. We have huge respect for you. If we lived in this community, we'd be attending this church, no doubt. We love the way you guys lead. Um, and it's an honor to be here. I want to just get right into it, if you don't mind. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to Proverbs 31. If not, it's going to be the first slide up here. And we're going to get going. I want to share this morning on a hope that does not disappoint. A hope that does not disappoint. Proverbs 31, 8, 9. This is a verse that we use over and over and over again. Two verses, actually. It says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For the rights of all who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. 
God gave just this image as I read this. It's a kind of an aggressive verse. It's not passive at all. He's saying, you got to get out there and do something. And the image he gave me literally was you got to fight for these kids. There's a lot of attacks on people all over the world, not just in the Dominican Republic right here. But there's a point in time where we stay silent and we wait and we allow things to run their course, right? And then there's other times where it's time to put on the gloves. And we got to fight for some people because they don't have a voice. And we've all been in that place at some point in our life where we say, I'm stuck in this thing. I haven't been able to get out. And I'm so, I don't want to ask for help. I need somebody to come to me. Have you ever been there? I don't want to ask for help. I need somebody to come alongside and say, how can I stand with you? I don't want to be the one who initiates. Somebody fight for me. A lot of times this happens in the Dominican because we are the foreigners there. And so we're the outsiders. And to get something done, we need a Dominican to come alongside us, grab us by the hand, and and walk us through the process. They get in the mix for us, with us. And these kids are in this situation where they need somebody to fight for them. There's a poor kid with no important name, in the middle of nowhere, Dominican Republic, he's got talents and abilities, but nobody knows. Who's going to fight for that kid? Let's go to the next slide. Pastor Alejandro. There's 16 schools. There's no way to tell you all their stories. We're going to tell you one today. This is Pastor Alejandro. He lives in San Pedro, a city on the southeast border or down there on the coast. It's about 150,000 people. He's been there about 35 years now, he and his wife and family, at this same church, plugging away. It's a city that's known for baseball, a lot of baseball players from San Pedro, and as well as scrabbing, things like that. But a Pastor Alejandro had this tiny little church that was in trouble, and they asked him to come in and help out. And a couple spots down, there was this little house, and he and his wife had a dream, we want to put a school in. We want to be more than just a church. We want to impact our community. And so Alejandro and his wife, with no money, somehow walked down to the bank and said, we want to mortgage our home to buy this. And for whatever reason, the bank agreed to it, and God supplied. And they bought this tiny little house, and they started a school. And a few years later, they were outgrowing their school, their little house, They needed to build, but there was no money. So Pastor Alejandro walked down to the bank again. He said, I want to put another mortgage on my house. We got to build. There's kids that don't know Jesus yet. And for whatever reason, the bank agreed. And so they kept going, and they built a decent little school. And they started to grow. And literally every week, block by block, cement blocks is what they build with, Whatever they could get in, they would buy and pay off and work. And they prayed. Child Hope entered into the picture, began to work with them maybe 15 years ago. But it was just a monthly check for sponsorships. And they prayed. And they prayed for 30 years for their community. Prayed. Some of the realities in the Dominican Republic About one in five Dominican kids are not in school at all. 
They just don't go. A lot of them, it's maybe there's six kids in the family. Parents have money for two of them to go to school. The other four don't. Close to 75% of Dominican kids, even the ones who do go to school, do not graduate. So very few ever get through. However, look at this flip side. Close to 80% of kids in a child hope school do graduate. That's a big difference. And look, close to 80% of the kids in all these schools, Terry was talking about 6,000 kids, almost 80% are not from Christian homes. So we're not just reaching out to the church kids. We're reaching the community for real. And the latest stats say that over 60% of the population live on under $2 per day. Who will fight for these kids? Who will fight for this community? Pastor Alejandro stood up and said, I will risk my family's future for them. And then he prayed for 30 years that God would step in and do something even more amazing. Well, God's faithful. And he helped them pay off all those mortgages. But we'll come back to their story in a little bit. There's a saying we, do, we use a lot. If you switch, it's called talent is universal, but opportunity is not. We happened to be in one of the little neighborhoods doing a kid's outreach. And I bumped into this little Haitian girl. There's a, a million Haitians that have crossed the border, mostly illegally, to live in the Dominican Republic. And I bumped into this little girl in the street. And I said to her, well, my daughter has that exact same shirt. And then I turned around, and I'm like, my daughter is wearing that exact same shirt. And so I had to take a picture because you could not have a different background. You have this little Haitian girl who's probably illegally immigrated from Haiti to the Dominican Republic, living in dire poverty. I have no idea her family situation. Barefoot running around the streets, okay? You get the picture. And my daughter, born Christian home, a family who can supply all her needs, lives in a safe house, gets a good education, all the little things that go with it. But if you strip all that stuff away, they're exactly the same. Just a kid who wants to play in the street with a pink shirt. <laughs> the difference is my daughter has opportunity where that girl doesn't. Who will fight for her? That is why the church of Jesus Christ exists. To fight for those who don't have the same opportunities to hear about Jesus that we've had. I'm not just talking about a life of playing baseball. I'm talking about knowing the fullness of Jesus Christ and what he can do in your life. I want that girl to have the exact same opportunities as my Emma. On February 16th, 2017, we sat in our office with Pastor Alejandro. If you can jump ahead. This was their school. They had got that far. A nice, big, two-story, rectangular building. But we sat in our office that day two and a half years ago and dreamed together. I said, okay, Pastor, what if we really worked together? What if we partnered a little more? What if we start bringing some teams and we expanded your school? What if we put in a water system in your school? What if we started aggressively doing teacher trainings in your school? 
What if we helped you develop your young leadership right from among the church to not only reach your school, but the community around? And he just started to beam. Because in their 30 years of prayer, one of their prayer requests was, when's Child Hope going to kick it in and help us out here? And his wife responded, our turn will come. Because God is good. So we began to dream. And within six months, teams started coming. And we started hammering this school. So if you want to flip ahead, some of the results. As you now see, it's a third floor. It's an L-shaped. They have a big basketball court that's roofed. We're now working up above their church to add more kids' church space. All in two years. Flip ahead. We started partnering with them and doing ministry in the out, in, in this is a local bate, which is the workers' camps for sugarcane people. Advance. Baseball is a passion in the Dominican Republic. No easier way to get to the people than get onto the baseball field. So we went there all week. We've done it a couple times. All week, we know the coach of that area. He lets us come in. We do baseball outreach. We do VBS-type things with them. And then kids after kids are hearing about Jesus. Flip. These are some of the young leaders. You can see Alejandro right there in the back. There's a three of them and four of them are especially close to us. This guy on the right was a sponsored kid. He got through school because somebody believed in him. Now he's one of their strongest leaders. We take him with him everywhere we can go. The kid's on fire for Jesus and he's doing things that every pastor dreams. This is what we want to see, reproduction. Literally thousands of children have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ through teams, through dramas, through outreaches. Hundreds of homes now have water filters in, plus the school has a water filtration system in it. The school has gone from about 430 kids up to we're at 600 now. The Catholic school is sending their kids here because it's a better school and they have more uh, things that they can offer the kids. The little nun is walking the kids down to this school to sign them up. This is what happens when a pastor just says, I will pray and I will put my life into changing my community. This isn't a story of the Nelsons. This is a story of the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of a pastor who understands I will fight for my community. A lot of people ask these sponsor programs, do they work? You know, it's a legitimate question. Am I just giving to some random thing? And I'm not really supporting sponsorship programs, but I want to get to a certain point. What they did a study and they found out that yes, sponsored kids are more likely to graduate. They're more likely to go to college. They're more likely to get a good job. But that's not the point of my story. They asked why? What is the difference? And as they, all these, they analyzed and they asked questions and interviewed, they found out there was, a, there was an X factor. It wasn't the money. It was what they called hope. Somebody believes in me, so I'll go to school today. Somebody thinks I'm worth it, so I'm going to study and pass my test today. Somebody has invested in me 
and given me a shot and I'm going to take it. This hope was the word that they, these are secular studies. Hope was the word they used to describe why these kids have a better opportunity at life. What does Hebrews 6.19 tell us, if you want to go ahead? Scripture calls us, hope is an anchor for the soul. It settles us. It stabilizes us. It allows us to pause and see where we want to go and not just be controlled by everything going on around us. There's a stability that comes with an anchor. The waves are no longer in control. There's a God who is in control. What the people in the Dominican Republic need is an anchor, a godly hope that brings stability to their lives and control to see past today into a real future. You know some of the things they struggle with? Finances, broken families, political government mess. Doesn't sound that different than Louisiana, does it? They're just people. And that same anchor that holds in the Dominican Republic holds families right here. That stability that comes, we get so distracted and out of control when life comes at us and we reach for any answer. People are looking for all kinds of answers. They're looking for something that calms down life, that settles it, that stabilizes it, that they can get control again. How am I going to save my marriage? How am I ever going to communicate with my teenage son? How am I ever going to get a better job? Is there true justice? Everything's so messed up. What we need is a godly hope that anchors, that stabilizes, to help us to see that he is coming again to quiet the storm. Hope is a key word in everything we do. And if you switch to Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, you can go to those scriptures. It says, and not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character brings hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope given by God always produces good fruit. Let me rephrase this scripture because I think sometimes it sounds so churchy. Okay, you ready? Tough times, tough things are inevitable in life. We cannot avoid it. We don't stress out. We welcome it. Because we know that if we keep moving forward, we will build up our endurance to face it again. And as we do that, it builds some really good stuff inside of us. We begin to be more patient with people. We begin to be less emotional when things don't go our way. We don't worry or fear because we know with God we can do this. And when that happens, hope begins to grow inside of us. The love of God in our hearts through the Holy Spirit helps us to see everything in a different light. The impossible is possible. The frustrating 
is now a stepping stone to do something amazing. We begin to see God has done this so many times before. What might he do this time? God is a God of hope. His plan for us is hope and a future. He fills us with hope because he knows what it will produce in us. There is nothing outside the possibility of God's hope. See, hope is an often misunderstood word if you advance. One more. A lot of people think hope is like, oh, I really want this. Oh, I really wish this would happen. But the kind of hope that God is talking about is much more deep. It's much more solid and stable. It's God's hope is a confident expectation of what God has promised, and its strength is in his faithfulness. Put mildly, what he promised, he will do. Our hope is in him. He promised to see me through. I don't have to worry. I don't have to doubt. I don't have to fear because if he promised it, he will do it. That is hope. It's not, oh, I wish there was a way. It's much deeper than that. And that sustains us in those times. There's families around you, right in your neighborhood, that need some of this hope. Hope does not disappoint, the scripture says. There are people sitting in this room today. Somebody needs to fight for them. Somebody needs to fight for them. They're not going to stand up and ask. They're not going to spill their guts and say, will you help me? I'm in a real mess. They need you to see them. They need you to see their situation. They need you to step out of your regular day. They need you to come to their side and fight for them. There's people here today that need somebody to step in. There's people in your job that are hurting. Many of them are not going to just come to the church. They need you to go to them and fight for them. Stand in there with them. Sometimes fighting for them means on your knees in prayer for 30 years. And then God steps in. Other times fighting for them just means sitting with them and crying. And saying, you're not alone. Maybe I can't fully understand, but I'm here. Oh, have you ever been there? You've lost a loved one. You're going through deep pain. You don't need any, forgive me, you don't need a Bible verse. You just need somebody to sit there. Who will you fight for this week? There are people in your community right now that need hope. They're overwhelmed and have lost control of their lives. Their families are a mess. They may look good when they're out and about, but at home, oh my heavens, it's a mess. Dad's happiest when he leaves the house to go to work. Mom's happiest when the kids go back to school because, oh my goodness, you're killing me. They need an anchor for their soul. Not just some, I wish this would happen, but a God says, he's here with you. 
They need Jesus. I want to tell you about Juancito. Pastor Alejandro's church is right on a street corner. And about five houses down is their, is their school. Right beside the church, right to the left of this, is the church. This is Juancito and his grandma. I have no idea where his parents are. The parents are not in the picture. Juancito lives there with his grandma. He did not go to school, any school of any kind, but we'd take teams there. And we'd work at the school, and then we'd walk down right past his house, and we'd eat in the church. And Juancito would come around, and he'd, some, he'd watch us work a little bit, but he really showed up when the food came out for long, you know. He could look through his, the windows, you know, everything's so close there. He could look through the windows of his house into the window of the church and watch us eating. Smart kid. So when, the, when all the Americans would go walking by, he's like, ah, I know what this means. And so he'd go to the window and he'd start to smile and wave and stuff. Next thing you know, of course, you know what happens. Juancito's eating with us. He's out of his, he runs away from grandma. He's in their house eating and he's, or he's in the church eating with us. This happens a few different times as he's getting to know us better. After a, a year of doing this with every team that comes through, somebody finally sat down with grandma. Said, does Juancito go to school anywhere? We know he didn't go to our school. But no, has he ever gone to school? No, how come? Meh. Well, what if he had a sponsor? Would Juancito go to school? Yeah, I'd make sure he goes. So with the sponsorship, we'd get him a uniform. We'd pay most, never pay all, but we'd pay most of his registration and all, the, all those fees. Take care of books. Get him some breakfast every day. She thought that'd be okay. So a year ago, Juancito got a, scon a sponsorship from one of the team members that was right there. If you slip to the next... You see Juancito, they had to put him in a, a, a couple grades lower than his age because he's never been to school. He didn't know how to read. He didn't know anything. And let's just say he's a handful. Is that a kind way of saying it? He's an energetic child. He likes to move. He likes to run. He likes to do a lot of things that aren't ideal for the classroom. But we love Juancito. And so we're going to fight for him, whatever that takes. So if you go to San Pedro, Mount Zion Christian School today, you'll find one seat, though, with his desk right up front beside the teacher's desk so she can kind of hold him at any given moment, right? He's that kid. He's bigger and he's older than all the other kids in the class. So we understand that there could be some dynamics there. But we believe in this kid. So one time I went and I said, one tell me, can you read yet? No, oh, reading's hard. I said, yeah, it is, but you can do this. So we're talking with the leaders, and they're like, the kid has trouble, he's difficult, but he's changing. Another time, are you reading yet? Well, kind of, a few words, almost. And he gives me a big hug, and you're talking, and the leadership is saying, 
you would not believe the changes we're seeing in Juancito. The last time I was there, not long before I left, I said, hey, how's reading coming? He said, I can read. It's simple, right? But it's life-changing. What was Juancito's hope? But now Jesus has stepped in the picture. Everything starts to change. He's got his uniform. He's sitting in class. He got a Christmas present from his sponsor. And this family is thrilled. He's attending the Sunday school for kids at the church. He's hearing about Jesus. He's learning to read. This is what God is here for, right? This is why we fight for him. This is why this kid, who knows what he could do? Who knows what Juancito can do? Only Jesus knows the potential inside. Our job is just to invest and invest and invest and let them get to know the Jesus that can transform. Because Jesus saw this lowly shepherd boy and said, that's my next king. Jesus saw this smelly fisherman and he said, I can build my church on this guy. And when Jesus looks at Juancito, I wonder what he says. Matthew 25, 40 says it this way, you know it well. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Who'd you do it for? Jesus himself. When you love Juancito, when you fight for your neighbor, when you reach out to somebody at work, you're doing it to Jesus himself. And he is glorified. Jesus, thank you for giving us a hope that does not disappoint. Thank you for this beautiful church that has faithfully invested and prayed for the Dominican Republic and now they're seeing the fruits of their labors. Our work is never in vain when it's in your hands. Bless them in every way to not only reach the Dominican, but right here we pray for this community, this region. Jesus, raise up a mighty, healthy church that impacts their community for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor. Stay up there. Come on, give him a hand, guys. I've, I've never met Juancito, but you know, you guys, you guys know I'm a history guy. And, and when this country um, started, what the first thing that the, and we owe our, our country so much to the, to the Puritans, the first thing they did was take all the American Indians and start teaching them to read because they were illiterate. And there's one reason they all taught them to read. Because if they couldn't read, come on. So now Juancito can open this and find the Savior of his soul. Come on. You have a part in that. Oh, come on, Jesus. Is it good to serve the King? Come in the middle. We're going to pray for you guys. All those beautiful children. This is what I love about this couple, too. He's a farm boy from North or South Dakota? North Dakota. Farm boy from North Dakota and a wonderful Kentucky girl <laughs> who are doing great things for God in Dominican because that's what God's called them to do. We're all called to do something. 
Whatever he's called you to do, he says, do it with all your might. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. You mother, you worker, you this, you that. Whatever it is in the local church around the world, amen? Let's stand up. I'm going to pray for him now. Thank you, Lord. Get out your cameras, too. Your phones. Take a picture of them. Put it in your favorites. Get out. I'm going to give you a minute. Get it out. <gasps> he said, take out their phones. Heresy. <laughs> it helps me. If I have a picture, man, I can see it. Get a picture. Let me get out of the way here. This is as close as you guys are going to get to celebrityhood right here. <laughs> Put it in your favorites. Put it where you can see it. Or it'll come up, you know, the picture. Then you'll remember to pray, right? Then you'll know, okay, I got to pray. I'm going to pray for, what's the pastor's name? Alejandro. Oh, I just want to hug him. Juancito, what God's doing in Dominican. Come on, let's pray for them. Stretch out your, your hands, church. Thank you, Father. It is a great honor, Lord, to be with this couple from the beginning. Father, would you increase them? With this next few months, as they visit churches, as they raise money, as they, as they fulfill the call of God and the plans of God in their generation for them, would you anoint them to do it? Would you, in, would you strengthen them to do it, Father? I thank you that they would see supernatural work, not only in Dominican, but here. This year, Lord, as they refresh, as they travel, as they talk to the churches about what God is doing, as they report, just like the New Testament would go and report, Lord, I thank you that every church would be encouraged. Every church would be inspired to do more, to give more. Father, I thank you. You're growing your kingdom everywhere so that we can do more. Now, bless this couple. Our heart goes with them. Our heart goes with them, God. I thank you, Lord, that they are on our heart, in our prayers, in our mind, Lord. Bless their daughter, Emma. Father, I thank you that you're strengthening them as a family, as a family, God, and they lack for no good thing because it's the King of kings and the Lord of lords we serve. We thank you and we ask it in the strong Son of God. His name is Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for coming. The Chad and Tara will be out there in the uh, lobby if you want to talk.